Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend, Inez Franklin. Inez casually popped over to the studio from Irvine, California, on her book launch day this week for this conversation. She's an MDiv from Fuller Theological Seminary and serves as a teaching pastor at Mariner's Church in Southern California. And she's launching this beautiful new book, Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We're going to talk all about it. I cannot wait for y'all to get to know her. She is a deep well of kindness and wisdom and discernment. She's helping us step toward the mystery of Jesus today. I am honored to get to introduce this giant of the faith to y'all. So here is my conversation with the dear Inez Franklin. Inez Franklin, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Thank you. Thank Finally, you so much. is Yay! what I have to say about that. Finally. I know. You I are it. such a gift in my life, and getting to have you here on the show feels like a real gift. So thank Me you. Me too. Thank, thank you, you for making time to do this. Okay, you just turned 60. Yeah. Okay, Yeah, tell my us best again. decade. Yeah, your best decade. Yes. yes. I believe you. Yes. Before we started, you said, here's why being 60 is awesome. Okay, so I've lived long enough to have enough experience where I think now— I can share more from experience. I think people take you more seriously because you've lived, yeah. right? You've walked. Yeah. So I sense that. And also, but I'm young enough where I am still relevant. I can connect to generations, a couple of generations before me. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm right in that in between. So yeah. I think this next 10, year, 10 years is going to be the best. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm excited about what I get to learn from the next generation, but also what I get to share yes. from my journey. So yes. I'm ready to pour it out. Can I ask you yeah. some questions about aging? Yes. Oh, <laughs> because girl, I'm I got figuring out wrinkles in my forehead, <laughs> my hair going gray. I'm not married yet, so that is a factor that I have. That's a, sure. a soundtrack in my head that I have to not pay as much attention to of if you have gray hair, you know, that's yeah, yeah, dumb. Yeah. It's a dumb soundtrack, but it's in my head. Yes. How do we age well? I guess what I wrestle with, which everybody can do whatever they want to do with the wrinkles when they find them. It's everybody's journey. But I would love for you to mentor me about it here of how do we age well in a God-honoring way? Because culture honors young. The Bible honors old. Yes, that's true. And so how do we do this well? How do we 
how do we handle wrinkles and gray hair and all these things that are changing in our bodies and not pursue youth? Or is it okay just to pursue youth? Okay. Well, I'm practical. Uh-huh. So I, I've watched, and this is, I think, where the experience comes in. I've watched people around me who have done lots of things to try to avoid that part of their lives. Yeah. And I have to be honest, I don't think they look any younger. Uh. I think, sure, for a little while it looks different and maybe some things are not there. But the body keeps evolving towards its ultimate demise because yeah. we're all going to go there. And yeah. so then what happens is I feel like they actually look older. Mm. So, and again, maybe there's better products out there than I realize. And maybe some people who look really young are using amazing things and I don't know. Yeah. So I don't want to judge that. But so that's one. I just want to look myself. For for me, I've made the choice. I want to look myself and not surprise people one day suddenly with, what happened to you? you know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> How come you went gray all of a sudden? So I, I do. My hair is gray now. It actually was thanks to COVID because I couldn't go to the salon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I let it go gray, and it's surprising a color I didn't expect. Really? And it che- keeps changing, yeah. and so I'm, I'm constantly surprised. And also I've decided I, I want something more powerful to come through me than my looks. Mm. And this came from my daughter was graduating for, from eighth grade, and I had lunch with her friend and their family. And the girl's grandmother was, I don't know, like 90-something, but her eyes, out of her eyes came a life that was so beautiful to me, that she was so charming, that yeah. she was so attractive to me. Yeah. I want to be like that. Yeah. I want to be like that. Yeah. So if I'm spending all the time with the exterior, worrying about it, I don't know that I'm going to spend the energy on the interior. And hopefully the interior is going to push out yes. a greater beauty and attraction than my exterior. Yes. So That's beautiful. I, my concern is being that I am not married yet and I have yeah. one income, yes. I don't have anybody else who cares about my money really. I mean, I have mm-hmm. a business manager, but I don't have anybody who cares about <laughs> my money. And so I'm like, man, if I really like one thing, I will be six months from being someone you do not recognize. Well, <laughs> I have seen fear. that. I have seen that. I have, yeah, because you start here and then you yeah. add that and... I'm not judging anyone for doing that. I'm afraid for myself that if yeah. I started, I wouldn't know where to stop. I'm a perfectionist by nature. Yes. By the way, it took me 18 years to write my first book. Yes. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist, so I think I would go down that route and be yeah. extremely miserable and always frustrated with things not looking the way I'd want them to. Yeah. So for me, it would not be a good path. Yeah. And it's it's a bummer, right, that we culture does seek for youth to be what's most valuable when truly our experiences add so much more than just what we look like. Yes. And we're all going to age. Yes. You can't yes. hide it, either your hands or your neck or something's going to prove it, yes. you know. And so, yeah, I don't know why we're so afraid. I know. I, yeah. I am. And I'm, I'm with you. I don't judge. And in fact, I yeah. dye my hair currently. So I'm like playing <laughs> with hair colors for fun. And and because there were so many grays that I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. But you <laughs> should, and as you should see me, every time I make a hair appointment, I have like, a quiet time about it. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, gray or not gray, what do I do? I mean, I, I'm yeah. taking it way too seriously, probably. But I also feel this responsibility that you and I, in, in front of all of our friends who listen and watch our lives, we're also modeling how yes, to age. that's true. And, and I, if I, I model that too. that yes. I'm pursuing looking younger than I am all the time, mm-hmm. am I teaching don't age? That there's a fear, that there's something yeah. bad that yeah. happens when you're there, that suddenly you can't offer something to yeah. others. Very true. I, I felt that 
absolutely as part of my own journey yeah. of like, what am I modeling? What yes. fear? Why do? I, why am I afraid? Yes. The Bible says that years are a gift. Yeah. You know that gray hair, which means yes. that we get to live long enough to experience enough to yes. then tell that story. You know, I look at my grandmother, my abuelita, who was 99 years and 11 months. Uh-uh. Yes. And she, still? That's when she passed away. Oh, that's when she passed that's away. She I was like, away. she's in the book. She's a beautiful yes. part of the book. Yes. What and, an honoring story. But I looked at her, and I mean, she was just so charming and yeah. so sweet and so wonderful. And I do think when we see people being being okay with themselves, fully yeah. okay with themselves, they're they're so beautiful and contagious. I, I hope I can be that. That's me too. That's my heart. That's that's great. Yeah. That should be the pursuit of my heart is how to be the most contagious in a good way. Like how okay. do you think the Can most... I just say you already have oh, that well. in space. <laughs> I'm looking at your eyes. You're gonna have those spark you already have those sparkling <laughs> you already are that person. You're well, so contagious. You. Oh so. you're very kind. So that I mean that that's a beautiful language for me though to Instead of pursuing youth, let's pursue joy. Yeah. <laughs> pursue, mm-hmm. pursue all. There's a lot of other things. I, I read a quote recently about how it said your body is the least interesting thing about you. Oh come on, right? And so yes. I thought I I have worked on neck down, believing <laughs> that for 30 years. I, this is new to me to worry about neck up. <laughs> well, wait, and at the same time, when you're single, right? Yeah. There's a lot about putting yourself out there or yes. you know, becoming attractive and. Yes, culture things. The outside is what matters. But yeah. I think the older we get, the more we realize. Well, no, that's it's bleeding. Yes. So, so your book is called Uncharted. I think it is. This is may sound like too big of a word, but I'm going to say it. it's kind of a masterpiece. Whoa. You've really done a beautiful Seriously, thing. You're yes. Make me cry. I mean, it's your whole. You tell so much of your life, but you partner your life with scripture, and you partner your life with scripture with spiritual disciplines. Amen. And so, it could be one of those books that sits on a shelf forever. So, thank mm. you for writing it. Thank you. Why did it take 18 years? <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. That's number one. But more importantly, I did not feel adequate to write at all. Yeah. So I have, and I tell my story in the yes. Bible, in the book, but I have a messy story. I have a messy past. And two years after becoming a Christian, which was when I was 40, the year, the year I turned 40 was the year I became a Christian. Oh, wow. And two years into that, I felt the Lord calling me to write and to teach and to speak. And I thought, that makes no sense. Yeah. Do you argue with God? Oh, Yes. <laughs> You notice he always wins. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure he wins. I know it's a it's a it's not a it's yeah. a fool's errand when I start it, but I'm still going. I'm still going to be Annie about it. Yeah. So I did. I thought I actually went through a year of thinking that okay, what's wrong in this? Are you needing attention? Are you working out your past to, to like trying to overcome something? Yeah. Maybe is are you trying to earn God's love? Uh, I asked myself lots of questions, and a year later it wasn't going away. It didn't matter how much I would say, I'm not the right person. I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm doing this out of pride. Maybe I'm doing this, whatever. Because I didn't have clarity. I had six topics, so I have five other ones to still write. And actually, oh my gosh. in 20, 2020, I got a seventh. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> I know. That feels right of the Lord, seven. Oh, thank yeah. you, God. Yeah, yeah obviously. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, really? I haven't even written one. Mm. <laughs> so it was like God saying, hey, we're not done. We have a lot to do, so let's go. You yeah. know? But anyway, I fought a lot. And then when I did accept it, then it was a journey of, okay, then I need to be equipped. So I took Bible study classes. I went to the women's Bible study courses and they study one. At your church? At our church. Yeah. I joined several. Okay. Because they only study one book a year. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you're like, okay, sorry, I'm 42. I gotta go faster. Yeah, <laughs> 66 books, if anyone hasn't counted. Yeah. And I figured I would be 100 and something by the time I taught anything. Yeah. So th- that didn't work. I did a bunch of classes, and they were great. These women were amazing. Well, some all of, at Mariners. At Mariners. Okay. Some of them didn't do their homework. I didn't yeah. like that, but <laughs> but you know it was still good, right? Yeah. And so and then I was complaining actually to Matt Outlaw, Bianca Outlaw's husband. Yeah. About it, he worked at the church at the time. And he said, you know, you should go to seminary. I, I'm finishing seminary right now. You should go to seminary. And I thought, that's crazy. Yeah. Matt, I failed college. Oh, wow. So I was 16 when I moved from Puerto Rico to California. And two years into that, I was in college. I couldn't write. You know, I understood stuff, but I couldn't express it back. Yeah. So I left college after a year with a 1.57 GPA. Wow. Yeah, not good. And so I thought, I'm not going to seminary. I can't write anything. But he connected with some people, and they said, hey, if you do this, this, and that, you can be accepted as a special student. Wow. And I was after two years of doing all the things. Oh, my gosh. You did two years two of years. work to be able to get into to get seminary. In. Yeah. Wow. I had to go to junior college and take writing courses. I had to take the tests that you take to be a teacher. Yeah. CBEST and GRE, yeah. all that stuff. I took those tests. And I had to pass them, of course. Wow. <laughs> and I had to do math all over again, algebra, which I didn't know algebra in English. I knew it in Spanish, but not in English. So wow. anyway, it was a big journey. And I did end up in seminary. And so then in seminary, I couldn't write because you're writing papers. Yeah. First class I went, I sobbed. I sobbed. Oh, I thought, wow. I can't do this. There's no way. Yeah. So 18 years because all along the way, I felt like this was building an arc. Like, wow. I'm thinking this is what... Noah must have felt when he was building an ark going, first of all, I've never built an ark before. This has never been done. And so I felt like it seemed impossible. And Mm -hmm. then when I finally finished seminary, in the middle of seminary, I got called to be a pastor. Didn't see that coming. (laughs) So I became a pastor. Started teach- at Mariners? At Mariners. Okay. Started teaching every Sunday to a congregation. Well, you can't write a book when you're writing a sermon every Sunday. How? So were you on the teaching team at Mariners? Yeah, I still am. Oh, wow. I still am. Okay. Yeah, so. How much do you teach at Mariners then? Well, now I teach a lot less. I teach yeah. about five times a year at congregations, and then I teach discipleship courses uh, twice a year. Right now I'm teaching in April an Image of God course that I wrote wow. together with Steve Ban Lee. Yeah. And uh, so I, but I was teaching every Sunday, about 40 Sundays a year. Oh my gosh. And While it, going to seminary? After I finished seminary. Holy cow. I'm trying to write a book and write yeah, and teach. Can't. Talk to any pastor. No. It's really hard to do. No. Yes. Because so, every time you finish a Sunday sermon. There's another one. Here comes Monday. Yeah. It's a whole chapter of a book, really. Yes, a, yes, a sermon yes. is like a, it's about as many words as a chapter of a book. Yep. So in 2019, the Lord called me out of that role okay. of teaching every single Sunday. Yeah. And I, it made no sense once again. I was leading a growing congregation. The senior pastor, Eric Geiger, who just started t- at He's Mariners, awesome. loved me being yeah. there. He, he loved what we were doing. There was no reason for me to be pulled out of that role other than God said, it's yeah. time. In yeah. fact, those were the words I heard, it is time. Wow. And so I did release that role. And then COVID happened and they needed the chapel. So God knew, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But then I've been working on the book since. And finally, it's, it's done and it's out. So can't believe it. You, 18 years. 18 years. Yeah. I mean, you put you put it all in <laughs> don't there. Don't quit, so. people. Don't quit. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. I don't know how you have six more books in you because I think you told you told so much in this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't wait. That sounds fun. 
Hi, friends. Just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Ritual. I know so many people who struggle with perfectionism. We talk about it in the show. And I so badly want us to see if we can focus instead on progress, taking the next right step, doing the next right thing, like our friend Emily P. Freeman talks about. Ritual is all about that, too. They know the illusion of perfection is basically impossible to achieve when we're trying to get all the nutrients we need from the food we eat. So they made a multivitamin that helps us focus on what's important, like filling key nutrient gaps to support foundational health. So enter Ritual's clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus. It's made with high quality and traceable key ingredients and clean bioavailable forms, meaning our bodies can actually absorb and use them. I'm a fan of how simple Ritual makes getting these nine key nutrients in just two capsules a day, y'all. That's it. And their unique beadlet in oil is even patented, which is very cool. Probably my favorite thing about Ritual, you've heard me say it, besides the whole helping me fill those nutrient gap thing, is they include this minty essence in every bottle, which keeps things fresh and helps make taking your multivitamins each day actually enjoyable. Instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. Great news. Ritual is offering my friends 10% off your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual and add essentials for women 18 plus to your subscription today. And I've got one more incredible partner to tell you about, Shopify. Okay, I absolutely love being a bridge for y'all to connect you with great new friends and to helpful resources. That's what we do here on the podcast. That's why I love that you're meeting and as today is what we try to do in our shop too. Whether it's books I've written like 100 Days to Brave, which is our book of the month right now, or the Let's Read the Gospels guidebook, shopanniefdowns.com is your spot for that. And it's powered by our friends at Shopify. Many of you are incredible creators who have the entrepreneurial spirit too. Whether you're selling the online course you're teaching or you're ready to monetize all the knitting you've done over the winter, please let me know. You also need Shopify. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person point of sales system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. With industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. And like I said earlier, I'm so grateful that shopanniefdowns.com is powered by Shopify so we can offer things like the Let's Read the Gospels guidebook to y'all. Now, it's your turn to get serious about that passion project that you want to get out into the world and try Shopify today. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash sounds fun, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash sounds fun to take your business to the next level. Again, that's shopify.com slash sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Inez. Will you back up a little bit, if you don't mind, some of the parts of your story that I think a bunch of our listeners will relate with when you said, I didn't feel like I could write a book. I didn't feel like I was qualified, that my history made me unqualified. Will you tell a little bit of your story? Sure. So I grew up in Puerto Rico, number six of seven children raised by my single mom. And it was my abuelita who took me to church. And so we did. We went to church with her when I was a kid, but then we moved to California, and that was the end of that. So I had powerful experience with God. I share that in my book about hearing from God, but then not really understanding what I heard, and so I distanced myself from God. And when we moved to California, it was easier. No one was taking me to church. I had never read the Bible, and I didn't understand really uh, much. But I knew God was real and that he was around my life. That much I knew. 
And I went on life to survive as, again, coming from a poor family, having to move out at 18 on my own. I just started to survive life. And I got married young. I got divorced young. Mm -hmm. And I had a son. And already my abuelita is writing me letters going, oh, no, first you married someone who's not a Christian. Now you get divorced. You know, so I thought, well... Okay, I made a mistake. I get to redo. That's okay. I still have my whole life in front of me. Yeah. That's the nice thing about being young. Yeah. You feel that way, yeah. even though nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. But I did feel that way. I remarried after a couple of years. I had two daughters, 15 years of marriage. And unfortunately, that also ended up in a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that time thinking, wait, I'm the common denominator. Wow. I obviously, something's wrong with me. But I didn't stop there. In that season, I also ended up in an affair with my boss Mm -hmm. after my divorce. And that's when I hit rock bottom. Yeah. You call it your King David moment. Yes. And I I compare my story to King David, who who God so dearly loved and God called to and still just colossally failed. And I colossally failed. And we but ended you up, weren't a Christian at the time. No, right? I wasn't. Did I you, wasn't. I but mean, I know what's right do, and wrong. Yeah. I, I cannot say, you know, obviously I wasn't living by Christian values yeah. or any of that, but I knew that but what you knew I was he doing. He was your boss, he was married, he had a family. Yeah, yeah there's no yeah. excuse. Yeah. You know, what I did was wrong. Yeah. And what we did was wrong. And so we were in deep, deep shame and we ended up at Mariner's Church after we, we Googled a bunch of churches because he said we should go to church. Because y'all ended up together. We He's ended, your we, husband we, now. Yes, he yes. did. He's my husband of 20 years, yeah. my last and forever husband. Yes. Um, and I adore him. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. He is. And so when we were in our deepest, darkest time, he said we should go to church. Mm. And we did a Google search of churches and we ended up at Mariner's Church. Wow. And the day... Annie, this is where God is amazing. On October 20th, 2002, at 1015 a.m., I know this for a fact, the pastor was teaching about the women at the well who had met met Jesus, and she had been married multiple times, but but was living with a man who was not her husband. And that was me. Wow. Now, being saved by Christ, being given the gift of forgiveness, given the gift of grace, given the chance of a new life, I mean, that's awesome, right? That's great. God does that. But I did not think God would then use me for anything. Like, I honestly thought— Like, I'll save you, but that's it. Right, right. Like, you know, I'll save you because you're an idiot. (laughs) You keep doing (laughs) stuff. You keep doing wrong things. Yeah. But I'll save you because I love you, and I paid the price for your sins. But that's different than using you for my purposes. And I really believed that for quite a while. And so I went on this journey of discovering God's grace is much bigger than, than I thought it was. Yeah. And his mercy is unbelievable. And his purposes are, are beyond imagination. Mm-hmm. And so then I was discovering that God did want to use me. And the first time I got invited to teach, I, because I was in the middle of seminary to write a book. I mean, again, I wasn't thinking anything other than, I got this call to write. I'm going to go study, and I'm going to write. Yeah. I have no clue who's going to read this or if it's going to be good or anything. But I, I invited to teach, and I thought, man, this church is desperate. They, were, oh, <laughs> they have nobody. They must have asked a lot. nobody. <laughs> Everybody bailed, and they're like, really oh. need someone. And But I studied, and it's a terrible sermon. It's on my Ines Franklin Sermons podcast. Is it's it? A, the, yes, it's awful. <laughs> Except for the scriptures, which are always good and always produce fruit. That's why I put it there. It keeps me humble because, yeah, I can't believe that God has used me and is continuing to use me despite my past. Yeah, it's just so many of our friends listening 
are at some point in that story, mm-hmm. whether they are the child of parents who yeah. have had affairs or gone through divorce, whether they themselves are getting divorced or have been divorced. And as I read your book, I just thought everyone either is in the story or knows someone in the story. Yeah. And any of us can feel disqualified for anything. There yeah. have been times when I've woken up and gone, the Lord won't, after last night, there's no way he'll use me today. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. There's no way. And then he, he, his grace is always so much bigger than anybody. And then grace I would give. Yes. Right? True. I mean, he's so much kinder to me than I would be to someone else oh, judging me. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. crazy. But, you know, the other story that breaks my heart, and I don't mean that in a cliche way. I really mean it. It really aches my heart, is when I meet someone who says, I've been a Christian all my life. Like, I don't have a testimony. Like, your testimony is so powerful. And I don't have a testimony. I don't remember when I became a Christian. I don't yeah. have—I didn't make a mess out of my life. I've had a pretty simple life. So, therefore, God can't use me. Wow. I'm like— what? Yeah. You know, even, you're right. People can, we tend to disqualify ourselves from God's love and his purposes for just about any reason. Yeah, that's right. Just, it doesn't matter. Too you don't much have or to, too little. Yes. That's always, we're, yes. we're always being told one of the two. Yes. Which is why we got to go to Ephesians and remember, remember, remember that God has created work for us to do. 20 years later, do you still ever bump into shame? Do you ever bump into if people knew? I mean, now it's all in a book. So <laughs> yes, yes. sorry to tell you. No, They're yeah. all in it now. It, but. Yes. So the answer, true answer is not shame. Okay. Let me tell you why. For seven years, I did experience a ton of shame. And both Jim and I would tell our stories right from day one. We always told our stories. We never, people said, how did you meet? You know, we went, went to a dinner and people are going around. They're new people like, oh, oh how did you two meet? And it's going I around the table. And Jim that. and I would be sitting there going, here it comes, here it comes, here yeah. comes the wave. And like, what are we going to say? But we would always tell our story. It changed the entire dinner conversation. <laughs> I <laughs> like, bet. Everyone was like, probably in good uh, ways. Yeah. Well, yeah, mostly. Yeah. I think some people were like, well, I wasn't expecting that. So yeah. then we learned to say, are you sure you want to know our yeah. story? And then people gave us permission. That was probably a better approach. Uh, All that to say that, no, we do tell our story, but we told it at a time just in tears. We yeah. could not tell it without feeling deep, deep, deep shame. And it was a trip to Israel, actually, with our yes. pastor, where he took us to the Sea of Galilee, right there where Peter yes. denied Jesus. I did and this then, in October. Oh, you did it, right? Yes. Okay. Where, so Jesus came back to Peter, and Peter had to leave behind the shame. So the yeah. pastor had us throw out something at the Sea of Galilee to yep. leave behind. And Jim and I were looking for the largest boulder ever. And Annie, if you were at the beach, you notice this teeny little They're pebbles. They're all tiny, yeah. They ain't going to work. Yeah. But we did. We picked one up. We threw it out there. And here's why we did that. We realized after being confronted by wonderful pastors that we were not believing in grace. Mm, wow. That we had accepted grace, but we didn't believe in grace. Yes. And we were actually, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that we cheapen grace. Wow. And that cheap grace can't save us. Yeah. Wow. And so I realized we were believing in cheap grace. grace. Save us. Yeah. We were believing yeah. in cheap grace. And the grace that Jesus bought for us was very expensive. Yes. It cost him everything. Mm-hmm. Why would I live in shame? when he did so much for my life. Yes. And so gratitude, in fact, in that chapter, which was the hardest chapter to write, the chapter about freedom from shame, Yeah. not because I experienced shame, but because I experienced sadness. So I no longer experience shame. I do experience sorrow yeah. because people were hurt. I was hurt. My husband was hurt. His children were hurt. His ex-wife was hurt. 
the next generations are heard. I have grandchildren now. I have nine grandchildren. Yeah. And they, this book is written. They're going to know my story. It's not yeah. hidden. And that, that will have a consequence. And I'm sad about that. But I live in freedom from shame. And we should too. In the spiritual practice, so in each chapter, you connect a spiritual practice. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. And a discipline to the chapter. Well, in this chapter, the spiritual gratitude. Di- gratitude. gratitude. Yes. Why gratitude connected yes. with a chapter about shame? Because when we live in shame, having accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're saying we're going to follow him in our lives, we're accepting the what he did on the cross. Yeah. Then when we're in shame, we have lost gratitude for his grace. Oh, wow. Once again, we're making it cheap. Wow. And so I found for me, my freedom from shame came from gratitude, that I could, I could look at what he did for me, be so grateful for it, that it would overcome that sense of like that what he did wasn't enough. Wow. Yeah. So each practice uh, at the end of every chapter was, is my own personal way of dealing with whatever I talk about in the chapter. So for me... Anytime I'm dealing with shame, I go back to gratitude. That is like fascinating. I have literally never heard anybody say that. Oh, wow. I've never thought about to combat shame with gratitude. You think of combating shame with um, remembering, prayer. yeah, 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 or or, remembering and, and doing and going and moving mm. on and that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, if you just sit and be thankful, then there is a that that defeats shame in a way I have not previously experienced wow so that's amazing it works for me it reminds me of what a wonderful thing God has done for me yeah and it remember shame has to do with well there's two kinds of shame one shame reminds us that hey we should change our behavior but the other one says you are bad you are broken you are damaged goods I used to say that about myself I'm damaged goods gratitude reminds me I am made in the image of God yeah I'm going to say that again. Gratitude reminds me that I'm made in the image of God, that I'm so priceless to the Lord Jesus that he gave his life. Yeah. Right. To save me, this super broken woman, he did that. How could I live saying that I'm bad? How can I say that? Yeah. When when he found me to be that valuable. So gratitude. It's beautiful. One of the... Things you, you, I mean, it's one of the first sentences in the book, but you go back to it a lot, is the journey of faith in Christ is a mystery. Yeah. I wonder if it feels more mysterious if you come to Christ later, like if it's automatically mysterious and interesting in that way if you come to Christ later versus those of us who grew up in the church who kind of have never known life without Christ, mystery came later for me. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt like I knew everything. Yeah. Middle school, high school, college, because like I've learned. Yes. But then as I've lived longer, relationship with Jesus has become more mysterious because I haven't gotten everything I wanted and everything hasn't gone the way we thought it would. And and it's not making sense. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting experiment. Yeah, because I became a believer at 40. But keep in mind, I met the Lord. I met God at seven years old. Yeah. He was mysterious to me then. Yes. So I think and you heard him. I really heard early. his voice in Spanish. In Spanish. Yeah. In Spanish. <laughs> I love that. I love that you write that in the book about hearing God in Spanish and like he speaks Spanish. Yes, he speaks Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and Korean and Japanese yes, and Chinese. Yes, you name it. Yes, he it. does. Yeah. Yes. So you had known him as a young child, right? Yeah. And I knew him as mysterious back then. Uh, you know, Annie, I don't know. Remember, I talk about having this curiosity about God. Like if he created yes. everything before things weren't there, where was he standing? Like God was always mysterious to me. Yes. I, I don't 
quite, I, I don't know what it is that causes people to think that God's not mysterious because he's so beyond us. Yeah. So I'm actually interested in, in your story. Like, how did you, how did you find him not mysterious as you were learning about him? I won't speak for anyone else who, uh, sure. for me, I'm not sure I thought deep enough. I just mm. kind of went, okay. Like I, I, one of my gifts is a gift of faith. Okay. So, so that's a spiritual gift that God just gives you that you don't yes. earn, right? That you can't. I don't make have that, that one. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, I just kind of the, the the shadow side of the gift of faith is you you can also be gullible to things that are not of God. Mm. And so the upside is with God stuff, you just go, yeah. Oh, he rose again. Great. Done. Oh, he's he's everywhere. Fine. You know, like it just kind of was like, oh, he answers prayers. Great. You know, so that is a gift I have. The where it hurt me as an immature child and as a kid is it didn't make me ask questions. Hmm. And so I never asked the deeper like, where is he standing? I was always like, <laughs> okay. I mean, I just okay. And so it's only been as an adult that I've gone. Uh, there's some things here I don't understand. I mean, when you think about what we share when we're sharing about Jesus to yeah. people. You know, wild. take a person on the street story. and go, let me tell you what I believe. <laughs> yeah. It should sound pretty crazy. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So that's probably probably the the mix of my gifts and my personality, not not digging yeah. into hard things when I was younger, combined to make me not ask the deeper questions that a lot of my friends asked when uh, we were younger. Yeah, I, I definitely gift of faith, although I have faith now. Yeah, yeah. It's not not like yours. I, I ask questions from day one. The minute yeah. I heard about God, I'm like, wait a minute. That yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I, I love that. that. I need people like you up close to me because we get to bounce off each other. True, true. And, and I need you. And I way. need you because yeah. yes, I do ask a lot of hard questions, and there's a point at which those questions don't serve us. Yeah, to be honest, sure. Right? Interesting. Where, where? In fact, when I talk about my book being the journey of faith being mysterious, I also say it's a it's a journey full of mystery, but also full of faith. Yes, it can't just be mystery because yes. that's very. Too vulnerable, yeah, and too unknown. Yep. We can't, and that's not who God is. God doesn't leave us that out there with that's no right. real concrete information. There's enough concrete reality and truth about God that we can stand on, but also there's great mystery, and we should have both. Yes, I, I and yeah. I am learning to embrace them. I mean, if my counselor, the, if you heard how many times she says things like, "Yeah, what if we never know that?" and I'm like, "Oh, what? What? <laughs> what? No!" She's like, "Yeah, what if that doesn't go?" I'm like, "No, no, what ifs? Everything makes sense. What are you talking about?" Um, you talk about faith not being a formula. Yes, and I thought that was so interesting because it, at the same time, you talk a lot in the book about committing yes. to God. I mean, yes. that's what the disciplines are. Is yes. Even in mystery, there is commitment. Yes. How, there's structure. Yeah, there's, there's structure, structure to yes, it. Yes, yes. So if it's not a formula, but there's structure, help us. Well, the structure is held up by God himself. Mm. So I started the book with the spiritual practice of presence. Yes. Which is to remind us that we are walking with a God who is active in our lives. So therefore, he unveils the mystery as it goes, right? Yeah. And, and you know, the biggest mystery that Christ came to die for us, right? Paul says, I'm unveiling this incredible mystery. Yeah. And he continues to do so. So I do think that where we get in trouble with formulas is that we try to create religious rules for how God operates. Right. If I do X, God will do Y. And Every then we'll time, get yeah. to Z perfectly. Yeah, that's you know? exactly right. That's and exactly right. I, by the way, I'm guilty of this myself. Because oh, it feels good on the front. It does. Yeah. We, it feels predictable. Yeah. Like even my own uh, insecurities about, oh, I can't be used by God. Well, by the way, that was a formula. 
right? That right. if I if I can't, well, this is my past, so I have you figured out, God. Yeah. I got you figured out. Yes. I don't know why that makes us feel good when in reality, that's not all that good. Because no. if we've figured out God, then we've made God so much smaller than he is. Mm. So the formula, and when I talk about formulas, I talk about the difference between the woman at the well and Nicodemus. Yes. Just to show how God works. Yeah. Like he, he thinks differently than we do. And therefore, we should as well. We should try to have a heavenly mindset and think yeah, more like him yeah. and not rely on our human-made formulas. Yes. Um, so, But how do we break down those formulas? I mean, the, the one you talked about where my past tells me I can't be used by God. Right. Uh, well, you're seeing that. Yeah. God break, broke that break one down. It, yes. Is God the one who always breaks down our formulas? Or is it us going... Okay, I'll remove, because I can do the same of like, okay, I prayed for this thing, and therefore, here's how it should go, and here's how it'll turn out, not only because I prayed it, but because I saw it in someone else's life. Yeah. That person got healed like that, so I should get healed like that, or the person I'm praying for should get healed like that. Is it ours to break down the formula, or is it God's? Yes and yes. Okay. (laughs) Right? Because we should be asking ourselves, what formulas am I believing? I think I even asked the reader to do that. What are my formulas, right? which, Which are the ones? And then... Connect them to Scripture. Yeah. How does that connect to re- the Scriptures? And how does that connect to the way we see God work as a whole, not yeah. one person? Like I'm going to pick that one person's story because it fits my formula. Yeah, right. Versus what about <laughs> all the people who, for that, doesn't work? Yes. Whereas, yes. like, hey, they. I remember one man sharing how he gave sacrificially for a community center that was being built in Mexico. And right after that, it was 2008, everything oh, fell everything apart. Crashed. He lost everything. And he's like, wait a minute, I gave so sacrificially to God. And here he was now in a deep financial trouble, lost his home, lost everything. Well, that formula didn't work for him if generosity was going to make sure he was going to be well. God's idea of blessing is very different than ours. Yes. Right? (laughs) So, So we should look at our formulas because either life will break them down or God will. Yeah. But we can do it together with God. We, it does, do it, we don't yes. have to wait for God to, to yes. do that. Or we, for life to crash. For life to crash yeah. on us. We can be, we can do it. And I'm trying to remember what was my spiritual practice there. It might have been, was it worship? Yes. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. It was worship. And that's the idea of like, God, your wisdom is greater than I. Yeah. And so help me see where I'm believing in things that are not going to be fruitful for me. Yes. Or for others around me. One of the chapter titles that I wrote down that stood out to me is Certainty Hinders Growth. Yeah. <gasps> I was like, I didn't get out of my business. <laughs> no, don't say it. Say it, say it ain't so. <laughs> Tell me that certainty helps us grow in the direction. But that's yeah, not it. Certainty no. hinders growth. We stop growing. Always? We stop growing. Okay. We stop growing. We stop growing. If you have it figured out, you have it figured out. Yeah. I yeah. mean, really, what else is there to learn? Right. What else is there to learn? And we do want certainty because we think it makes us feel safe. Yes. And again, that has to do with how much we trust or don't trust God. Yeah. Andy um, Colbert and I just talked about this, about when Paul says we always um, have Jesus in our body, the life and death, life and death and resurrection of Jesus in our body. And she said that's internal safety. Yeah. And and we are all, I am, always looking for external safety. Yes. When yes. Jesus is like, no, certainty hinders growth. Yes. Trust the safety that comes with just being with Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very that true. That is hard. Well, and when we, when we find that place where we feel like, oh, I got my certainty, I got my safety, then we are not living the adventurous life of Jesus that he wants yeah. to live with us. We're, yeah. we're not going to the places that he wants to take us, which, by the way, is not just good for us. 
but it's good for others. Wow. Because when we go on this great adventure with Jesus, he works through us, yeah. right, to bless others. Yeah. And we miss out on that. And I don't want to miss out on that That's anymore. It. And by the way, I wrote that chapter because I needed to be reminded, Annie, it's not just about your business. I, yeah. it, it's <laughs> you were getting in your own business that day, yes. too. <laughs> it's a bit of confession. This book is yeah. confession. And, uh, and I'm sharing with you kind of like what I'm learning with yeah. the Lord. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, ButcherBox. Well, listen, when I think about high quality meals, I'll be very honest that they generally involve a bit of a bougie ordered from a menu, cooked in a lovely restaurant kitchen, and consumed with friends vibe to them, okay? The realities of my life and budget and great food are not mutually exclusive. Turns out I can both cook and eat delicious meals made from quality ingredients affordably and in my own home. Who knew? You can do it too with ButcherBox. ButcherBox provides you with the best meat and seafood on the planet so you can whip up quality meals on your budget. You get free shipping for amazing cuts and selections of 100% grass-fed beef, organic chicken, pork that is raised crate-free, get on pigs, go, and wild-caught seafood. It's tough to say if it's the quality or the convenience as my favorite part, but it's both. You can customize your box or choose from the already curated options that are available. The whole them delivering straight to my door situation is a game changer. And on the ButcherBox website, you can get all kinds of great recipes for your ground beef or your chicken cuts. I am eyeing that chicken pot pie with greens and root vegetables. That recipe looks like my next challenge. And listen to this deal ButcherBox is offering my friends. Listen, you get free chicken nuggets for a year, you guys. Free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at ButcherBox.com TSF and use the code TSF. Again, you claim this deal you guys, please claim this deal. Get you free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box. You go to butcherbox.com slash TSF and use the code TSF. That link, along with all the links to all the things like the Here For You tour tickets, the sign up for the AFD Week in Review, the Easter sale in our shop, all kinds of other fun things can be found in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And now back to finish up our conversation with Inez. That sounds fun. Oh, today is actual book launch day, isn't it? Today. This is the actual this book is launch the day. day. <gasps> yes. I feel so honored that you're here with us on book launch day. I and know. thank you so much, everybody. In person. In person. Everyone's going to hear this on Thursday. I love so this. So this oh, is book this is launch so cool. week. We don't ever record this close to releasing. And so it's kind of fun to get to be like real time. We usually try to do a week or a week and a half to give our editor, Sweet Johnny, time. But. Today, he will turn this around by Thursday. Oh, my goodness. Um, but just last week, we had Jonathan Bacluda on talking about confession. And we said, if you don't have anybody to confess to, you can email us. <gasps> and we got some of the deepest, most personal emails of people oh. saying, I mean, more than a handful. And mm. it's more than a handful of people going, I don't have anybody else to tell this to. Or a couple of people said, hey, I'm also, t- here's who I also told, but. I want to tell you too. Oh my goodness! And that's um, beautiful. And we directed them to their own community because that's the real way you do con- confession really well is in community. But why is that? What's stirring with what's what's what happened at Asbury with conversations at churches right now with even accidentally on podcasts people are starting to confess their sin. Why do you think that's stirring up right now? You write a whole chapter on it. Yes. Well, first of all, I think it's the Holy Spirit. I think we are having a revival, and that's where it begins. It begins with yeah, confession. Yeah. It begins with truth-telling, with honesty, yeah. deep honesty, and it begins with a community that holds each other's confession. 
Oh, wow. What does that look like? Well, like you just did. You created a space for people to confess to you. And now you you hear their story and allow them to express their confession. Not that is absolutely necessary, although Scripture says confess your sins to one another. And you'll um, be healed. You will. Yes. That's what it says. Isn't that wild? Yes. Yeah. God wants to heal us. Yes. And we have, confession leaves us, and I can say from my own experience, sin that is not confessed, it's like cancer. Yeah. Total cancer to our soul. It, it constantly reminds us how broken we are, and it's not released into grace. Yeah. And so when people share honestly their confession, it is the opportunity to be healed. Absolutely. Does it happen overnight? No. No. And is there a chance that we might go back to that thing that we confessed? Possibly. As dogs go back to their Yes, right. Right. So it's not, and how often should we confess? Often. Often. As honestly as we can. (laughs) And if we are confessing to another person, then we have an opportunity to be held accountable Mm. and perhaps to be spoken into as far as like, hey, let's look at what's causing you to be back there again and again. You know, let's let's look at the bigger picture and not just the action. But for example, my own deepest sorrows, which I confess in my book, my divorces, my affair and two abortions. Mm -hmm. Places where my heart could be deeply held in shame. Micah and Angel. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for knowing their names. Yes. I wrote them down. I read it. I was like, they are waiting for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, folks, she made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Um, I forgot what I was saying. You're okay. saying that all yes, that, sharing, yeah. sharing, confessing these stories to others um, allowed me to understand what are the things that led me to make those decisions. Mm. I was able to examine, for example, in an affair, like the deep hunger I had to be seen, to mm-hmm. be loved, how there were certain things I wasn't working on for myself that then yeah. created all the environment for me to fall into these decisions. So when we confess, we have an opportunity to examine. And, wow. and then perhaps make some changes. Yeah, because a little bit when we don't confess sin, well, I won't say we. When Annie doesn't confess sin, what I do in my head is I go, okay, if you ever do that again, you have to tell. But this time, don't tell. And <laughs> and then you like work out, here are these internal steps I'm going to take so I never do that thing again. I don't have to tell anybody. And I, I have to figure it out. <laughs> because I've figured out how to not do it again. But if I do it again, I have to tell. And then when you do it again, you go, okay. Maybe one more time. One more. one more time and I won't tell. And, and it is a, it actually, you never get healed. No, you actually right. never get healed. You stay in a cycle yes. of running into a thing you don't want to run to. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, I, yes. our friends listening know this, but every time I bring Oreos in my house, I tell my mentor. Oh, I love Oreos. I, they're awesome. Oh and it's gosh, not yes. because, and it's not even an Oreo problem. It's a, if I start keeping any secrets, I'll start keeping all the secrets. Amen to that. Yes. And so yes. if, as long as she knows there's Oreos, then I've already broken the cycle of, Keeping it closed. Keeping it a secret. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. then that then when I go to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, I already know. Well, you've already confessed the Oreos. So she already knows you might be on a path. Yeah. And you're going to have to tell. Right, right. And and it just, it is freedom for me, even though it's scarier. It's still scary. Yes. It's I'm, true. I talk about, for example, in David's story, how all along his story, there were exit potentials. There were yeah. places where he could have changed his behavior and yeah. not, not end up oh, where he ended up. Oh, you said that. The first exit. Yes. The first exit. Take, take yeah. the first exit. Take the first yes. exit. Right. So, so in, you know, Scripture tells us God always will give us a way out. We yeah. just have to look for that exit yes. and then take it. Yes. And so 
confession is an exit. Yes. It's like if we tell someone that we begin the exit strategy from yes. that behavior. Yes. And so, and there's lots of other exits that God gives us along yes. the way. And yes. one of them is examination, maybe yeah. counseling, you know, maybe having an accountability partner. Well, lots of I ways. I mean, just walking, doing a walk around your neighborhood, do one lap around your neighborhood. Right. Behold, and you make that be decision. the first exit. Yes. 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 Right? Yeah. So I take feel like that you need to make t shirts. Take the first exit. <laughs> take the first exit. Don't be going, are you like a freeway worker? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I'm saving your soul. Amen. I am saving Amen. your future. Amen. Oh, <laughs> take good. the first exit. Oh, true. How much pain would I have saved myself and my community from? If yeah. I had taken the first exit, me too. Oh man, too. that is, I loved that part. Um, okay, so let me ask you one more question. What were you seeing in culture as a pastor, as a leader, as a 60 year old? What were you seeing in culture that may, and, and in the people you disciple and the people you lead that made you go, we've got to talk about spiritual disciplines? Yes. Well, we are so afraid of being overly religious or being pharisaic. Well, I don't even know if that's a good word. Pharisaical? Is that a word? Okay, I'm going to make it up. Yeah, I like it. Let's go with it. Do it. Yeah, being like a Pharisee. There you go. Being like a Pharisee or being a hypocrite or or being or earning our way that we have forgotten, we have forgotten that God is about some practices that God, you know, one of the biggest things in the Bible is constantly remember, remember, remember. Well, how do we remember? We journal, right? We examine. So, God is about practices. Uh, Prayer, Jesus prayed all the time. He went in solitude. Those are practices. And so I think we kind of have become afraid a bit of those while at the same time we're yearning for them because we see people who are not, who are falling out of faith, walking away from faith for various reasons, obviously. But one of them is because they see Christians not being genuine, not really being faithful. And we can't be faithful if we are not practicing in a way to strengthen our faith. So yes. my my purpose for including practices in my book is not to earn favor with God yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. It's about strengthening and maturing our faith. Yes. So that others will be edified and we will be edified yes. in the process. Yes. So I feel like we are all calling out for Christians to be real, yeah. honest, authentic, and faithful. Yeah. And therefore I wanted to write a book that helped me remain faithful. I want to yeah. be like I want to finish well. I want yeah, to hear the words, well done and good and faithful servant. I don't want to be like all those kings, you know, we read oh, first and second gosh. kings. It's so depressing. Brutal. Yeah, right? it's brutal. I want to finish well. And I think that's what we want from each other. And I feel like this is this list of practices that I included, but there's hundreds more. I just yeah. included some. Yeah. Are ways in which we can strengthen ourselves. I often think that the spiritual disciplines are the rope that tie me to the mast. Ooh, that keep me from jumping off the that's ship. Good. You know, that's good. I'm always like, man, if you yeah. just want Annie to handle it, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't handle these storms. But yeah. I'm tied to this. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm tied. And yeah. I think even when I don't feel it, practicing certain disciplines have kept me tied. Amen. I also think they keep you open. Ah. So the whole, to me, the purpose of the scripture is to open up yourself for God to do a work in you. So we are we are being made like Christ day by day, right? Glory yeah. to glory. Yeah. And the spiritual practices keep you open to yeah. God coming in any area of your life. It, it, you know, it's just like you're letting God in. Yeah. Come here, God. Come to this yes. part of my life. Yes. Come to my heart of generosity. You know, how am I doing there? What do I need to do to grow in my heart of joy and yeah. and, and giving with joy? Yeah. Uh, come here to my place of worship. Am yes. I worship you, worshiping you authentically? Yes. Come here to my acts of service. Yes. Am I caring for the people you care about? So it's inviting God in. 
Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Oh, I can't wait for people to get Uncharted this week. Happy book launch Thank week. You. That's Thank so you. fun. Thank you, Annie. Um, is there anything we didn't say that you want to make sure we say? No, you, we said everything. But I'm curious, Annie, how did this touch you with your own personal journey? Oh, you? man. I think I've had a, a couple of days of running into stories of people that I love that show that our, we are all icebergs. So I experienced that as being your friend of realizing that you're an iceberg. Mm. And for the last seven years we've yeah. been friends, yes. I've only experienced what's been above the water, oh. right? And so this gave me a friendship experience. But then in my own story, what I found with the Lord this week has been the open invitation, like you said, of God opening us. I have felt a tenderness and a compassion towards other people that I haven't felt in a while. I feel like the Lord is increasing my compassion for some reason of going, you don't know everything that's going on. So, mm. And so in my own story, I feel him dealing with my pride mm. and, and inviting me to deeper humility through compassion. Wow. So that's that's, that's been your, your part of this long story he's telling that's kind of ruined in my life <laughs> of like, you don't know. You don't know. We just don't know. Oh. And so I'm working really hard to lead with humility and to put down pride. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize how um, weed-like pride is until yeah. you actually start looking for it. Yeah. Before that, I just let it exist in my garden. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it was different than the grass. Wow. And then I have felt the Lord inviting me to pay closer attention, and it's been brutal. It's been brutal. Yeah. And so wow. this has been an invitation to continue that work. Oh, I love that. So it's wow, beautiful. beautiful. But I, I, and also, like I told you, the journey of faith in Christ as a mystery was I mean, the first sentence of the book, I was like, well, there we go. That is that is one of the reasons I picked this up oh. was to be reminded that the mystery is for, every, is for all of us. You're 60 saying to me, hey, this is always a mystery. You don't yeah. actually get there. Yeah. And I want to get there. That's yeah. not how it works. We don't have to get there. He's with us. Yeah, that's yes. it. He's already here. He's already here. That's beautiful. Okay, the last question we always ask. Okay. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. And as what sounds fun to you? Oh, my goodness. Being here with you totally oh, has agreed. been so much fun. I'm so, 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 so much fun Thank to be you. with. Thank you so much for this. Oh, um, what sounds fun to me is to go on this great adventure with God. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm on an adventure right now. This yeah. is, I have no clue yeah. <laughs> how this is going to turn out. Yeah. And I'm really just enjoying, I'm trying to enjoy every minute of it. Yeah. I, I know some of it is stressful because it's a lot of work, but I'm trying to enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah. So the book is titled Uncharted: Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. Tell us the title of your podcast. Uncharted with Ines Franklin. Perfect. Okay, yes. so we'll make it. We'll link to that in oh, the show you. notes as well, so thank people you. can know that that exists. Because they're going to be like, "How do we get more of her?" Aww. And I'm like, "Here's how: you either have to live in California and go to Mariners, hey, I, or well, I fly. Look, I'm over <laughs> here in Nashville. That's right. That's right. But Uncharted, the book and the podcast. I, I can't wait for people to get their hands on this. Thank you, thank you. I love you, friend. I'm so thankful for you. Likewise, love you. Oh, you guys, isn't she the best? I know, I know, I know. Be sure to get your copy of Uncharted. Follow Inez on social media so you can tell her thanks for being on the show today. Also in the show notes below, not only do we link you to the book, but we linked you to her podcast as well. Man, she's just amazing, right? I mean, I, I just, I love this book. I hope you guys will grab it and read it. So, okay, we heard what sounds fun to her, and now we get to hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening just like you. Okay, Beth, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Hi, I'm Beth. I'm from Tacoma, Washington. And what sounds fun to me is 
what is happening this Friday. Yes. So on Friday, I am getting married <gasps> to the yes! most amazing guy. And I think the detail that you would find really interesting is that we're getting married in this 500 year old Welsh castle that is yes. randomly located in the Pacific Northwest. Oh my gosh, Beth. I'm so excited. That is okay. Tell us, here's what a lot of you want to know. How oh, did yeah. you meet? Okay, I wish I had more time to tell you the full story because it is like a crazy God story that yeah. is also comical. Um, but we met at church. Oh, yeah. Our, yeah, our second interaction, I made an absolute fool of myself. Um, it was during COVID pandemic, yeah. weird church stuff. And we were having a hybrid service and he was handing out all notes of communion. And I went to go grab mine and he asked me how many adults lived in my household. And I have a master's degree in engineering. <laughs> I'm an engineer. My brain completely left my body. And I verbally, out loud, processed for a minute, trying to figure out how many adults lived in my household when I lived by myself. At a girl, at a girl. Is it because you thought he was cute? Like you were like, I don't I have just words. Was like, I don't, I, I don't know. It was literally my second interaction with him. Oh, I love and this I'm so like much. shivering out loud. And I, he finally just handed me two because he's like, Great. I don't know what this girl's saying. Great. And I like walked out the door <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I can come back to church again uh -huh. after this. And as I was walking out the door, I heard God audibly say, you cannot move on with him until you've resolved the situation with this other guy. Wow. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this is about. I just right. need to fool myself. So he's not going to date me. So right. anyways, yeah. Wow. Okay. Have you written all this down somewhere? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. We have it. Yeah. Did you put it on the internet? Can I read it? Yeah, it's on the internet and his side of the story is on the internet too because there's equally like oh. just crazy stuff going on in the background. Okay, and when everybody like hears this, they're going to want to read this. Can we share? I know. Uh, yes. Does that feel yes. too private? Tell me the truth. No, it's fine. Like okay. all the all the detailed stuff about the wedding is like hidden, but great, like great. the story stuff is is I think out there. Okay, yeah. very good. You will you just send us a link that we can share on the show notes today and so people can yeah. go look yeah. at whatever you want to be public. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Oh, but, I'm so yeah, excited. it was like you're getting married this week yes, and on Friday. I, I, I mean, I respect I a Saturday wedding, but I love a non-Saturday wedding. Oh gosh, yeah, it just worked out. Worked out In perfectly. A castle. So, um, when I know. you when you post pictures, will you tag me so I can see? Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Yeah. I just yeah. would really love to see a castle wedding on a Friday. Yes. Yes. Congratulations, no, Beth. That sounds Thank really you. fun. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I'll do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is getting to be in Indiana, Pennsylvania. It's one of my favorite places, and I am headed that way for the weekend. So can't wait to see you guys at Summit Church. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday with the wonderful Laura Tremaine. Oh, I love her. Y'all are going to love this conversation. We'll see y'all then.